This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, back to the podcast. I think this is actually episode three of the podcast. I did not know there was like little segments to the podcast, but if you want to check out the other, I think I said it was episode three and the other segment, it's not actually episode three, it's actually a segment. So, in that being said, I'm actually going to do this 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 episode um, talking about women getting help. Okay, my advice to all women that need to get help, first things first, and this goes for men as well, you need to try to get a support group. You need to try to reach out. There's, I know there's 1-800 numbers posted literally everywhere. I know on my Twitter, normally I do share, you know, 1-800 numbers and then places, resources. Um, I do know that it is a good idea to start a support system right away if you can get out of your situation. Um, It is easy for me to sit here and tell you, get out. That is, is that not the... <clears throat> that's the quick fix. That's the ultimate thing that a woman should do. I have been told from women that have been in abusive relationships for 11, 12, 13, even up to 20 years. They have stayed in abusive relationships. I do know that the county that I recently lived in, I think there was like at least six deaths in a year. And... <clears throat> That's just horrible. It's a very small county, a very small community, and that's just horrible. And the statistics for women dying every day, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I really don't know. You just have to look it up. I, I, I've got notes. I need to get, you know, I need to really study because I know the statistics are horrible. And um, children being abused, witnessing abuse, all of that stuff is horrible. And in these royal, these little rural areas, if you understood what I said, rural, rural areas, you know, like areas that are out in the wooded, you know, woods far away from the cities, you know, little roads that lead to nowhere, and there might be a a home here and there, you know, and women are not getting the resources that they need. They can't get to shelters. They can't get 
the help that they need. And that was one of the biggest things that when I did talk to a lady from the YWCA that was locally in my area before I recently had moved back in October, I was going to go there and volunteer my time. She asked me personally, and and she actually told me that she kind of felt like I was kind of like, she had been, she was a religious person and had been praying about sending someone her way to help in the area of someone coming in the office and answering the phones, possibly talking to victims, women that had went through, that was recently going through abuse, and what what better person than someone that's actually lived through it so she was really excited about me coming in and volunteering at least twice twice a week something like that and then I had to pick up and move so it ruined my chances of getting involved because it was the perfect opportunity for me at that time and I was actually very excited about it Um, I wasn't really sure because of my disability, because of the problems that I have, if I would be able to withstand sitting in the office for a long period of time because, you know, I do have my issues. And so with my health and all at the time, I I just really didn't know how I could, I could withstand it. But I do know that sometimes I feel lost. Like I feel like I'm just... You know, I am disabled. I'm, I'm like basically homebound all the time. I don't really get out much. And then when I do get out, there's really not that many places locally <clears throat> for me to go get involved or to go and talk to women. I don't know. I just, I sometimes wish, you know, that I had the education to become an activist to help women in that aspect. But I don't have the college degree, you know. You really, you have to study to be a true activist. I mean, or advocate. I mean, to advocate. Because you have to go to court for women. You have to do a lot. There's a lot of entails about it. There's a lot more to it than what people really think that goes into it. And there's women that are out here that are actually fighting for women's rights um, with the, the domestic violence, trying to get laws passed that will help women in the long run. And some people don't even know that, but it's the truth. Excuse me. Ever since I've been doing my podcast tonight, I've been hacking and harking and getting things stuck in my throat. I just got done eating about a supper. So, and uh, that might be what the problem is. But anyway... My point is, is if you really need the help, you can you you can feel free. I think you can send me voicemails on here. I can I can direct you in the right area. Um, if you can't get your voice heard, I can be your voice, and that's that is something that is very dear to my heart is to help and reach out and help other women. And at one time, I was on Facebook on a group for domestic violence situations but you know I have what I, I remember at one point it was like two nights in a row I had set up all night long I had give this this girl all types of information and basically it was just you you when you put yourself out there you 
you get into a spot to where <clears throat> if things are not what they seem to be, this person kind of duped me a little bit, and I had talked to an activist right after that, and I was kind of, you know, disappointed about it, and I was just like so exhausted because I had spent hours and hours and, you know, and being sick on top of that, I was just kind of exhausted. And she said, well, that just comes with the territory. You never know what type of situation that you're going to be involved in, you know. And you don't know if that person's even going to leave. And at the time, that girl had a, a child, a little bitty baby, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, it, it is. It's a difficult thing to be a part of. It's something very uh, personal, very... I mean, it affects your life as well if you get involved with someone in that situation and you're trying to encourage them to reach safety, get into a safe place, uh, you know, get into a shelter to where they can seek further assistance, you know, and then once they get into a shelter or, you know, a place of safety, they, the people there will ultimately give them as much help as possible to get on their feet maybe start over again, get their such jobs, because there's so many things that entail when it comes to abuse, you know, financial abuse, you know, most, some men will financially keep the funds, you know, the checking account from the ladies, you know, from the women, and <clears throat> sort of take over, and that's a lot of the reasons why a lot of women cannot leave, is for you know, financial stability, because they're, you know, they either have children, they don't have the stability that they need to leave, to pick up and leave, and that's something that they struggle with, and a lot of people don't understand that, you know, they don't understand, well, why can't she do this, or why can't she do that, well, you just don't know, unless you're in that situation, and that goes back to what I said before in the other segment in the episode of what I was talking about being in pain. You don't know what someone else is going through. You don't know how hard it is to leave and to walk away from abuse. You don't know what what kind of courage it takes to actually get up and leave. Uh, you don't know what type of danger the lady is actually in or the man, or what, you know, vice versa, whatever, children are in danger, because a lot of the times when a woman actually does leave, and they say, oh, go get a restraining order, well, if you'll see the statistics, a lot of women that do leave abusive relationships that get restraining orders wind up getting killed. There's not enough, there's not enough laws and safety for women, I mean, for restraining orders. There's got to be something that the lawmakers say and, and if I am not there's I mean there's there's women working every day in Washington trying to get these laws passed you know and it's beyond me of why could they can't do things a little bit different I know there's other things in the world that go on that people think oh well that's more important than what you're saying but domestic violence is a killer it kills innocent women men and children People are dying from that as well. So it is a very, very important subject. It's something that's dear to my heart because I've overcome it and survived it. Uh, I'm no better than anyone else. I've been through a lot of pain because of it. I still endure pain because of it. 
Uh, you know, people say, well, you get over it. You know, get over it. It's the past. It's not always that easy. Not when you've been traumatized. Um, trauma is something that takes time. And sometimes it's a day-by-day situation. And for me, it is certainly a day-by-day situation. And sometimes I'll go crying and my significant other will be like, why are you crying? Okay, well, he don't understand why I'm crying. But sometimes the pain is still there, no matter what. Sometimes I'll sit and cry and it's because I've had a flashback of something that happened then because I was so traumatized I was put through so much trauma um I know I haven't really went into details over all the trauma that I actually endured so but I will get to that eventually in the podcast I'd like to see some more viewers come up and and you know get on here and and listen to what I'm having to say before I just throw all of my personal business into the fire And I know you hear little bleeps, and I know in the last uh, segment, you heard my ringtone. And I'm very sorry for that. I apologize. Um, It's hard when you just have a a cell phone to podcast with. It's just, you know, it is what it is. But I'm going to do another segment about, you know, leaving the abuse leaving the abusive relationship. But I'm going, like I said, at 12, 13, 14 minutes. I may eventually start doing these podcasts and doing a little bit longer, giving them more time, but I don't want anyone to get bored with what I'm, you know, with my voice or when I'm talking into the mic or whatever. But anyways, I thank you all for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you had a great day and I hope you have a good weekend and I will talk to you soon. Bye everybody. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, let's see, I'm, this is about leaving the abusive relationship. I can tell you now, the, I'm going to tell you my experience about leaving. Um, I have left him on several different occasions. And I'm trying to think about the first time I ever left. And what transpired. But I had over the span of three years. had I would leave and go back. I would leave and go back. It was just so. Trying to put it into words. I'm not the best with words. But it was kind of like. He had me. He had me brainwashed. I was so brainwashed that I literally thought he was, I mean, my self-esteem was non-existent. At that point in time, I had no self-esteem because he had already killed that self-esteem that I did have. And I remember thinking, oh, well, he told me that no one will ever love me the way he loves me. That if I ever get with anyone else, they'd never love. I could never find another guy that loves me the way he loves me. So that was in my mind. And then 
he would cry, he would call, he would beg me. And then he would bring up the fact that we had a child together and just different things he would do to play on my emotions. You know, he was a narcissist as well. So, you know, everything basically was not his fault. You know, some of it was my fault. None of it was ever my fault, you know. Know how narcissists will do. Well, the day that I actually left him and never looked back, I can remember that day like it was just yesterday because I had actually left like I would say about about three weeks prior to that and had I had left him and was gonna actually stay gone but of course he he reeled me back in he said I won't hit you anymore I promise I'll never put another hand on you blah 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 because he had threw dishes plates I mean I forgot now how much glass he had thrown at my legs that time that I had left him and uh, cut me and uh, so I had left him well the day that I left him I can remember thinking I am so just and he hadn't and, and then them three weeks which really was shocking He had actually not laid a hand on me in them three weeks. And that had been the first time in that relationship that he actually didn't lay hands on me. But I could not get past, like, the 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 more I was staying with him, even though he wasn't laying hands on me, something clicked. Something just clicked. And at that time, my daughter was with my mom. And I was not able to see her. And so that was something that was laying heavy on my heart as well. But the fact of the matter, something just clicked in my mind. It just, something just clicked. And I just thought to myself, you know, I'm not, I'm just not going to deal with this anymore. And at that time he had, I had a vehicle that was in my name. Of course, all the time. He never owned a vehicle. Every vehicle we had was in my name. I always worked. I always paid for everything. He didn't do anything. He wouldn't work. All he wanted to do was stay at home and clean the house and cook. He wouldn't let me cook. He would not let me clean. It was like he took on, he took on the wife role, and I took on the man role. And I could never understand why he was that way, but that's just the way it was. And uh, If I did try to clean or cook, it was just... He always said, well, you know, you, you half butt do it, you know, in a, in a nice way. He said the cuss word, and so I won't cuss. But uh, the day I left, I remember that I told him that I, he, we didn't have any money. And he always wanted me to ask somebody for help, like my family. He wanted me to call my grandmother and ask for money so we could pay our bills and on and on. And I just remember being just, I was over it. The It's like the feelings and different things. And plus, I was still scared of him. Even though he had not laid a hand on me in three weeks, I was still very afraid. And so when I left, he said, well, you've got to leave your wallet here. 
because he didn't trust me. He thought he knew. He thought that well, he had a feeling that I might go to the neighbors and I might call. And I, I was trying to reassure him I wasn't leaving him. And so he made me leave my wallet there with my license, social security card, and all that stuff, all my belongings, my purse. And I had went to a neighbor's right above where we were staying. We were staying in a trailer court. And I went to some neighbors, and uh, it was like right across the way from where we were living, uh, right up a hillside. And I knocked on the door, and a pregnant young young girl come to the door, and her husband came to the door, and I said, can I please come in? They said, sure. And when they closed the door, I told them that I was in an abusive relationship with my husband and that I was trying to get away from him, that he was very dangerous, and that um, if he come looking for me, I would have to hide in their house. And they would have to tell him that I left out the back door for my safety. So I would say about 10 minutes went by. I was calling my I was. What it was, was I was using their phone to call around to see if I could get someone to come get me. And in the meantime, I could not get in touch with anyone. No one would answer their phones. And so, all of a sudden, I hear him. You could Their windows were open. So, you could hear him coming up the drive. You know, walking up the drive. And you could hear him cussing and saying, Well, when I get my hands on her, I'm going to kill her. Blah, 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 blah. And I was thinking, Oh, my God. He's going to kill me. So... I told them, I said, where can I hide? So they opened up the bathroom, and I hid in a bathroom cabinet. Like, you could open up the doors and, like, climb in. And so I hid in that cabinet. And I remember them opening up the door. The husband opened up the door, and he said, Yeah, my wife came up here to use your your phone, and she's never come back home. Have you saw her? And the guy said, yeah, I saw her. She came up here to use the phone, but she left out the back door, and we don't know where she went. And so he closed the door, and I heard my ex-husband cussing. He was cussing and raising cane, and then he had walked up the hillside, I guess, to look for me. And then he come back down and went to sitting on the front porch again. Okay, and my only escape was out their front door, and he was invisible. Like, their front door was visible to our front porch. So I knew if I got in their vehicle, I would basically have to leap into their vehicle, and he could not see me leave. And uh, I talked him into taking me to my grandmother's house, and I remember whenever we opened the door, I just kind of hunkered down and leaped and jumped into the back seat of their vehicle. And whenever I did that, I was like ducked down, laying in in the floorboard more or less. And they crunk up and I remember telling them, let's go, let's go, hurry, hurry, you know, because I was panicking. I thought maybe he saw me, you know, I didn't know. So I remember coming out of that trailer court and leaving the trailer court and then going through that city where we were living, that small little city or whatever, and thinking to myself, oh my gosh, is he behind me? 
And the whole time, I was my heart was racing. I was looking. I, I finally set up, but I was like looking out the back window, looking out the side windows, and it was just like I was like a scared child. I was so afraid, and you know, I don't know why I thought he could be behind me. He could be, you know, because he had tortured me so much in the past. You know, he had followed me to work one time and uh, tortured me the whole way there. And then when I was there, I worked at a nursing home. And when I was there, he was telling me before I went to work that he was going to be watching me all day. And all the rooms, you know, the windows, he said he would be looking through the windows at me. He was going to kill me that day, you know. He just, he threatened me and tortured me so much that that's why I was so scared. And so finally, I made it to my grandmother's trailer and got out of their vehicle. And of course, I was just you know, in tears and, and with joy that they had took me over to her home because it was a good little ways away from where they were living. So I was very, very thankful for that. And uh, he did, he tried to contact me several times and I did speak to him one time after I left him. And uh, I just told him, he, he was bragging about being with some female and I just acted like it. I mean, it didn't phase me any. I mean, there was a part of me that was not phased at all. I knew that I was done. You know, once that, that last time I left him, I was officially done. There was no going back. I was never going to turn around and go back. And uh, he didn't have a vehicle. He had no way to get to me. And I wasn't really scared or none of that. So, um... I really got away free and clear with that. You know, I was lucky because he had done several things to me and it's just, it's unreal that I survived it and that he didn't actually kill me. And after that, I mean, I know that I'm a miracle. Like, I know that I'm supposed to be here. Because he, he almost killed me several times. And I remember hearing a story about a lady. And he, this, her, her boyfriend or whatever, her husband, was severely abusive to her. And he actually had pushed her, and she fell, and, and he, he pushed her, and she fell and hit her head on the coffee table. And he didn't mean to kill her, but that one blow, see, that one time, uh, that's all it took, you know. And the places that he hit me in my head, and... um. He threw things and hit me in the face. And he took his fist and hit me in the back of the head. He hit me in the face with his fist. He threw things and hit me in the forehead. I've got scars that still remain. I mean, I've got a couple from childhood that's that's on my forehead, but 
I do have a clear, like an indention in my head that that's where he did. He slung a wooden, an oak, a piece of oak that was like a, a trinket, and it was sitting on our, it, like um, above the fireplace. And uh, he had threw that big hunk of wood and just slung it, and it caught me right right there in my forehead, like right in the center of my forehead. And all I can remember is just seeing stars and just, and my stepdad, I had called my stepfather, my mom, and my stepdad had took me to the ER. He knew, he knew I didn't fall. I mean, they knew that I I was lying about things, you know. That's how my family found out about the abuse because the first time that I started showing bruises. I was working at a burger joint. This was right before I got my CNA certification. And uh, I was with him. And we was married. And I had a black, my black eye. And my mother asked me where I got my black eye. And I told her, I said, I fell at work. Well, right after I quit my job, she called my boss man. And she asked him, she said, did I fall, you know, and did I get hurt on the job? And he told her, he said, she's never got hurt here. And so my mother questioned me about it, and uh, I never would come clean. I would just be like, no, I don't remember now. I, I just, I would never admit to it. But she knew, she knew that he was abusive. But um, that's how I left him. I'll get more into the abuse. That's just, that's kind of skimming some of it. I know this is supposed to be just about me leaving him, and I'm sorry I kind of got off on the, you know, track and told you more than what I was really wanting to tell you. But anyway, that's the podcast. And remember, if there's anyone out there that can hear my voice that's listening to my podcast, if you are in an abusive situation right now, um, and you're you're looking to get out of it. Anything's going on in your life. Just please, there's a way that you can message me. Um, comment. Just anything. I think that there is an actual voice thing that you can send me through this podcast. I will give you all the information I can because that's something that I do actually do for people. I will look up, you know, wherever you're at. No matter where you're at, you can get help. There's always a way out. Never forget that. Never, ever, ever forget. There's a way out, and there's a way to be safe, and there's people that will support you. There's more things set up now than there was then for me. There's more of a support system. There's people that will stand by your side and help you immensely. And... I might not be able to come rescue you, but I can give you the tools in order to get rescued. So, never forget, you can leave. And I'm sure I will have another series to to come up with for leaving. Uh, matter of fact, I will look up numbers for the hotlines and different information. So, if anyone is listening to a podcast, they can reach help, get help, but... Anyways, this is me signing off. Hope y'all enjoyed the the podcast and uh, tune in. There'll be another series. But anyway, I hope you have a wonderful night, a beautiful weekend, and the rest of your week is wonderful.
talk to you later. Bye.